0: I'm here to discuss the so-called flying saucer.
1: The film and the creature are authentic. The first pictures ever taken of a Sasquatch. They got nearly up to this UFO, but it was close enough to see some creatures or he said they didn't look like human beings down there. He first asked me, What I was called. And uh, he asked me, he said, But why are you fighting? He said, Don't be fighting, we wish you no harm.
0: Hello, everyone. My name is Andrew Jewell, and I want to welcome you to The Strange Dispatch. For most of you, this is probably your first time ever checking this podcast out. Um, I've been doing it with a good friend of mine for a few months on Patreon. But we decided we wanted to start doing it, or excuse me, releasing it on all podcast platforms for free. So this is the first episode in which we do that. And basically what The Strange Dispatch is, is I started a zine about a year and a half ago called Strange Days. That is a paranormal, Fortean, high strangeness-themed zine that I edit and self-publish and write with friends and people contribute stories and art. photos about anything weird, strange, UFOs, ghosts, Sasquatch, Mothman. We love it all. We are accepting of everybody. So that's what the zine is. And The Strange Dispatch is our podcast offshoot of that, where we discuss stories from the zine specifically or other weird things that come our way. So that's what this is. This is The Strange Dispatch. Sort of episode one, but not really episode one. If you've been a Patreon member for a while, and if you have, thank you so much. We appreciate you. Uh, and we're just trying to find, you know, some more weirdos, weirdos out there who want to listen to us babble a little bit. So with that being said, this is, the Strange Dispatch and this is our episode called The United States War on UFOs and with me as always on The Strange Dispatch is my very good friend Ian Schneider. What's up Ian? How are you, man? Hello. How are
1: you? I'm great. Uh hello everyone. Uh new listeners, thanks for joining us and checking us out and for those that have been with us since the beginning, uh welcome back. I think we could call this could call this episode 2.1. It used to be like second okay. yeah, season. That makes sense. Yeah. That makes total sense. And that is, this is all
0: under the assumption that we're going to uh, have new listeners. Maybe we won't. Maybe we'll have less listeners than ever now that it's like, I don't know, maybe this is going to mainstream, but we'll find out, I guess. Why well, would you think we're going to lose listeners because
1: we're mainstream now?
0: It seems, po- <laughs> it seems possible. Um, no, Sold out. I, I, I'm, I'm excited to, uh, I'm excited to, I mean, it's been a minute since we recorded at all. And I'm excited for for anybody who's new who hasn't listened to us before. And I'm excited about this topic. People maybe are less excited about this topic because it's nonstop everywhere in your face. Uh, Speaking of like selling out, we have definitely been talking about UFO disclosure since before it was cool. And before fucking 60 Minutes was doing a special (laughs) on it. But we're here and we're going to lay out a timeline of, like the title says, the United States War on UFOs. And um, I, it's
1: it's kind of a hefty thing to get into. It's a uh, quick, quick disclaimer. We think the 60 Minutes special was cool. You think it was cool, right? I, I loved it. I do think it was cool. I, 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 and it's like, I talked to my mom about it on the phone today. We were talking about everything, but that was one of the things we talked about. So the fact that I can now talk to this, talk about this with my mother, like I owe that to 60 Minutes. Sure. So, you know, it was... We have been talking about it since before it was cool, but I think now that 60 minutes, it's like, that's even cooler. Yeah. So uh, yeah, we're not, I, we're not I, I dissing 60 that. minutes or anything. We just, we're kind of the OGs of, uh, you and know, then to, UFO disclosure anticipation.
0: On that note, like to protect ourselves on the other end, there are certainly many, many people out there who know this topic better than us. And um, I'm going to make some mistakes here in the timeline or I'm going to brush past something that. You probably think is important. I apologize. We don't claim to be experts. We're just a couple of dudes who like to talk about UFOs and Sasquatch and whatever else. So that's and the what fact. That we are not
1: that good at it. Is what sets us apart, I think. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly.
0: Like we, yeah. I mean, you you can either be really good at it or you can be mediocre at it, and and that's what we've chosen.
1: So I think really what it is is we want to start a conversation and uh, have an open conversation for people that just want to be interested in it so this is not where you're going to come to get all the hyper specific details and talk about uh everything that happened yesterday this is you know i think the dispatch in general is just for our kind of community of people that don't have a jumping off point for weird shit. absolutely so you can check in with us and you can get into some weird shit without it being intimidating or super uh you know i don't want to bail out on being detail oriented but we're not like uh, we're taking it seriously but we're not too self-critical so this is about exactly. like having a fun conversation first and foremost, this is about talking about weird shit and having fun and getting more into it and learning more. and I think that's a lot of the topics that we choose, I think we choose them based on wanting to know more about them, this is a rhetorical this needed to happen and I mean we've been trying to do this for a minute, you've been very busy I've been pretty busy on and off um, we're a little behind the curve as far as I think when we wanted this dispatch to kind of solidify, but that that's the real world. We're busy, dude. So it's, here, it is here we what are. it is, but it, you know, it, it's
0: sort of hasn't, it's, it's only gained, the subject has only gained more or this topic of conversation has only gained more things to talk about in the time that we have wanted to do it and haven't been able to literally, we're going to get to this at the very end like a new video of a UAP came out this week that is only like three months old. So, you know, it's, yeah, we're a little behind, but there really isn't a timeline on this thing because we're going to start talking about stuff that happened in 1947 and we're going to end this podcast talking about stuff that happened in April of 2021. So it's an ongoing conversation. Like Ian said, we're here to talk about it and have fun with it. And like, hopefully make this interesting and palatable in a way that interests you. And we really appreciate you checking it out. I think you nailed it dude with like, maybe our tagline should be talking about weird shit and having fun or something. I don't know. Someone, some bros probably already have that as their podcast tagline. Yeah. Mostly, um, but
1: um, I think anybody that's already listened, I mean, and people get the vibe and uh, they get, you know, it. if it's your thing, it's your thing. And if you want, you know, you want to be in the mix a hundred percent. Um, Listen to us and then go listen to the other guys that are, you know, getting fucking paid to do this shit. Cause Andrew <laughs> yeah. and I are not getting paid. Exactly. We are pros. We are professionals. Yes, we did reach that benchmark some time ago. We did. But uh, this is not our full time job. So until it's my full time job, I'm going to play it a little fast and loose. You know what I mean? And I think Absolutely. that's why people like listening to us because, we, yeah. you know, it's, it's not not intimidating.
0: I hope so. Yeah. Um, all right, let's jump in and uh, yeah, I, I'm hoping that we're going to get this all out in one episode. So let's let's get into it and see how it goes. So I've titled this episode The United States War on UFOs because like many things that the United States should embrace or fund or study, they seem to not. And there seems to be a war against at least UFO disclosure. Maybe not, we're obviously not starting. There's, ne- There has not been some interplanetary war on UFOs that you haven't heard about. That, so hopefully this title didn't mislead you to think that has happened. But the United States seems to have a stigma against UFOs and we're going to get into it a little bit. Um, but we're going to start, you know, if you, you've probably, if you're listening to this, maybe you heard about the report that came out in late June of 2021, just last month for us. We're going to start in the beginning. We're going to roll it way, way back to June 24th, 1947, and if that date is not significant to you, it will be now. On this day, June 24th, 1947, there was a guy named Kenneth Arnold who was a civilian pilot and a a salesman, and so he literally is a salesman who flies himself around the country to like make door-to-door or whatever business-to-business sales. Uh, a antiquated job. Yeah. at <laughs> yes. how cool was that? Yeah, I mean the 40s, dude. It, like the <laughs> men were really cool back then apparently. Uh well, while he was flying his, his private little plane near Mount Rainier in Washington, which is sort of Ian's stomping grounds. He encountered my, my homelands. Yes. So he, Kenneth Arnold encountered nine unidentified flying objects. Uh he described the objects as being saucer-shaped. Um, sort of like two saucers put together, and he claimed that they were traveling at a minimum of 1,200 miles per hour, which obviously in 1947, there should have been nothing in the sky that was traveling that fast. And this was sort of the first um, post-World War II sighting in the U.S. that gained nationwide coverage, and it's pretty much accepted that it was the kickoff to the modern era of UFO sightings in the way that they've been in our psyche ever since, pretty much. Even his description of the of, of the objects being saucer-shaped led to the press coining the term flying saucer, which everybody's heard at this point. So this was it. This was, you know, before this, there were stories about World War II pilots and seeing Foo Fighters and things like that. We're not going to get into that. This was This was here on our home turf in good old state of Washington. He had this encounter. In July of 1947, two weeks after Kenneth Arnold's encounter in Washington, the Roswell Army Airfield issued a press release stating that they had recovered a flying disc from a ranch in Corona, New Mexico, about 30 miles outside of Roswell, New Mexico, in the desert. The statement was in response to what would become known as the Roswell Incident. And obviously the Roswell Incident is something else that forever changed the way we think about and the conversation about UFOs in the United States. And it it sort of set the precedent for what would happen going forward, not even for, not just for in pop culture, but like what, how the government and the military handles these things. So in late June or early July of 1947, a ranch foreman named Mac Brazel came across a field of debris on the ranch where he worked. He took care of livestock there. He claimed that the field of debris was like 300 yards wide and nearly a mile long huge amount of debris in the middle of the desert the desert it was like metal chunks of metal that he was that he said was strange it was sort of like soft metal almost like aluminum foil very very strange so he sat on it for a couple of days and then around july 6th he decided to report it to the roswell sheriff a guy named george wilcox wilcox is the one who called the RAAF, the roswell army airfield and they sent out an intelligence officer named Major Jesse Marcel, who visited the ranch to inspect and collect some of the debris. He took he took a, a bunch of it back and basically uh, organized trucks to come in and clear it out, like truckload by truckload. And it took several days for them to pick up everything that was there because there was so much of it. So after the visit the, they, the is when that press release was issued. And numerous news outlets picked it up immediately. The story went national. It was like a big deal because this was, like I said, only two weeks after this Kenneth Kenneth Arnold thing. And so it was like everybody was talking about, thinking about flying saucers. And this uh, is when uh, the debris and whatever else they found out there, depends on which story you want to buy into, we're going to say that they found something that had crashed out there. The debris and this object that crashed were ordered to be flown to... Fort Worth Army Airfield on July 9th in Texas. And this intelligence officer, Jesse Marcel, personally delivered a box of debris that he had collected himself to the Fort Worth Army Airfield. While he was there, he met with a major or some asshole who I didn't bother to learn his name who was like, "Oh, like let's go in here, show me on a map like where you found this, like let's talk about this." So he set down this box of debris, went into the office, talked with this dude, came out And they had fucking swapped out the box of debris that he had hand collected with a box that was full of like terrestrial shit that you would find on a weather balloon. And he was like, what the, what? And then immediately they asked him to pose for a photo, which if you've seen, if you ever have looked up any photos about Roswell, you've seen this photo. It's a photo of this dude, Jesse Marcel and this asshole major commander. Jesse was a major. So he, this guy must've been higher up than that. Posing with this weather balloon, bullshit this dude went on record to say like I had a box of shit that I had no idea what it was and someone swapped it out and made me take a picture of it so that's like the first first red flag here and that was the precise moment when the story changed from a flying disc had crashed in the desert and they had recovered it to a weather balloon had crashed in the desert and some like good old boy found it and like raised the alarm like totally unnecessarily and that's all it was was a weather balloon So the original statement about the recovered flying disc was retracted. And with the help of the FCC, all the news outlets that had covered the incident up until that point were told to publish the new story about the weather balloon. Despite dozens of witnesses to the commotion happening in and around Roswell, which like was a week long affair, people, these trucks were in and out, the army was in and out. They were like, I mean, there are so many things that we don't have time to get into, but there are many, many other places to go read and listen to things about Roswell. I mean, they called like the local coroner and asked him about child-sized coffins and asked him about the embalming process because they needed to... It's crazy. It gets nuts. So despite all of these people being witness to this, the army worked very, very hard to conceal whatever had happened out there. They, I mean, in the wake of the incident, these witnesses and key players were threatened. They were bribed. I mean, they they the army just went all in on making sure that whatever actually happened out there would die in the desert. And it nearly did. A lot of these people didn't speak on this event until many, many, many years later when some ufologists and researchers and authors tracked them down and got all of these people to talk about what they knew. And it was like every person sort of held a crumb. And once you put them all together, there was like this puzzle there and it was like, holy shit. So this was only two weeks after the very first flying saucer sighting of the modern age, and the U.S. government and its military were already covering up what was probably the most critical UFO-related event in history. And the actions taken at Roswell would set the precedent for the government's approach to the subject for decades to come. So that's Roswell. Then we're gonna jump forward a little bit. In late 1947, after Roswell, early 1948, uh, the Air Force established something called Project Sign, which was initially named Project Saucer. The goal of that project was to collect, evaluate, and distribute within the government all information related to UFO sightings on the premise that they might represent a national security concern. So, they decided to start uh, this project to look into this stuff, because you know, obviously there were more events than just Kenneth Arnold and Roswell at this point. There were hundreds of them, and they decided it was worth looking into. And at first, the project hypothesized that most UFO sightings must be like Soviet secret weapons. Um, but some of Project Science personnel, including the director, a guy named Robert Snyder, favored the extraterrestrial hypothesis as the best explanation for UFO reports, which is really, really interesting. And they they prepared... Um, a report that was called The Estimate of the Situation, arguing their case. This hypothesis was rejected by high-ranking officers. And eventually, in the final report for Project Sign, because it didn't last terribly long, um, it was, that report was published in 1949. It was concluded that while some UFOs appeared to represent actual aircraft, there was not enough data to determine their origin. And they said, almost all cases were explained by ordinary causes, but the report recommended recommended a continuation of investigation of all sightings. So this guy, the director of this project, was like, you guys are not taking this serious enough. The the, the otherworldly hypothesis is as good as any other one you have here. You need to look into this. And they were like, nope, that's not the right answer. Try again. And basically made him tailor the final report of this project to say, we don't really know. And that's going to be a common answer from these guys. Right.
1: (laughs) A very, very common uh, modern answer. We'll get to that uh, later. But I mean, it's the same. Nothing's fucking
0: changed. Nothing has changed. This is 1948. (laughs) Nothing has changed. So Project Sign was followed by something called Project Grudge. And that Project Grudge was started after a conclusion was reached that the evaluations of UFOs were a necessity of military intelligence in a post-World War II climate. Project Grudge ran from February to December 1949. Very, very short. Its mission was to pick up where Project Sign had left off investigating UFO reports. The formal Project Grudge report was issued in August of 1949, and it stated... There's no evidence that objects reported upon are the result of advanced scientific foreign development and, therefore, they constitute no direct threat to national security. In view of this, it is recommended that the investigation and study of reports of unidentified flying objects be reduced in scope. So, again, I mean, this is a report from 1949 that says, yeah, we don't know, doesn't matter, you know, could be China, could be Russia, then they're only thinking Russia, but it certainly couldn't be, you know, anything other than that is basically what they're saying. And then when we get to our contemporary modern timeline, I mean, it's the exact same story, but even though they suggested that the study of reports be reduced, project grudge eventually morphed into project blue book. Project blue book was the code name of the study that ran from 1952 to 1969. And Blue Book, Blue Book had a little bit more gusto and power in and in, um, like f- high thinkers behind it. It was stationed at a Wright-Patterson Air Force Base in Ohio, which is worth noting that it's the base where, allegedly, the remains of the craft at Roswell were eventually taken. Um, a lot of lore around that base. Blue Book said that they had two goals, to determine if UFOs were a threat to national security and to analyze UFO-related data collected by the Air Force. They were tasked with investigating UFOs all over or UFO reports all over the country, and they were the sort of the first program of the three that had the funds and resources to, to take the subject on seriously. A guy named Dr. J. Allen Hynek, who was an astrophysicist, was recruited as a civilian consultant on Blue Book, and he was pretty high up. and He did it for the majority of the time. He's a very well respected guy in, in the UFO community, ufology community. You've probably heard of him. He said when he joined Blue Book, he was a complete skeptic, didn't believe in UFOs, but by the time Blue Book was over, he'd seen enough evidence to like fully believe in the phenomenon. He also went on record stating that the primary mission of Blue Book was not really to collect and analyze data from a scientific perspective, but instead to debunk all reported encounters and deter civilians from thinking that their experience was legitimate. And they were notorious for this. They would spread disinformation all the time. So they'd they be out on an investigation and they would, I mean, they were told, Hynek, even as a civilian, was told, like, you need to debunk this. And if he couldn't debunk it, then someone else would, pretty much. One of the most famous incidents of this was in March of 1966, when there was this huge flap of UFO sightings in southeastern Michigan, which is where I'm from and there were hundreds of witnesses who reported them over the case of, or over the course of a week people were seeing these night after night after night the air force finally showed up and they this is when this is like embarrassing but this is when they the infamous swamp gas thing that comes out of that fucking movie with Will Smith where they say it was just swamp gas they actually said that to hundreds if not thousands of people that they didn't see ufos they saw some Anomaly that was caused by swamp gas. So, this is the type of shit that they would do in an attempt to like disinform and discredit hundreds of civilians who saw these things. So, in Blue Book ran for a while. In addition to that case in Michigan in 1966, some other notable cases from Blue Book that live in infamy are the Lubbock Lights in Lubbock, Texas, uh, the Flatwoods Monster in West Virginia, which is a great story, and the Washington, D.C. UFO incident of 1952, which it's actually the anniversary of the last week. Um, it was like the 12th was July 12th, 1952 was when UFOs buzzed the White House and many, many people saw it. And Blue Book also investigated the Lani Zamora UFO incident, which is a very famous case in New Mexico where uh, this police officer said he came upon a craft that was like landed in the middle of the road and there were two beans. Pretty wild stuff. So Blue Book was shut down in 1969 and from then on, the government, the military, the Department of Defense, the Pentagon, all these assholes claimed they were no longer in the business of investigating the UFO phenomenon. Both so they, as well,
1: sh- they shut the book just they to shut it. To clarify percent. that for me. They, it just they, it was it was done. The program was they pulled the plug on. It. They were like, It didn't it, it didn't fizzle out. It didn't no. uh no there wasn't some it, large event that was uh oh, we really got to hush this up, let's shut them. They were just like, we're just no longer interested in this. Just no
0: longer doing it. And there, there's this whole, there's a, 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 there was a panel called the Robertson panel that was put together at the end of Project Blue Book, and they put out a report, and that's a whole other thing we're not getting into today because this, we, we want to keep the timeline going. But the reason I brought up Roswell and Blue Book is because they are perfect examples of how the UF government shows absolutely no hesitation in allowing their version of the story and their version of the information regarding the UFO phenomenon to get out. That's it. They shut everyone up, they shut everyone down and there are dozens if not hundreds of similar stories from UFO experiencers, potential uh, abductees, former government and military officials and even people like Bob Lazar who claim to have been part of top secret government programs that possess classified crafts or possibly even bodies of a non-terrestrial nature. So, you know, try as they might to to brush all this aside and say that these people are kooks or crackpots or weirdos. People are out there and they're like, no man, fuck you. Like, I know what I saw and, and you know, you're not going to change my mind. And they're, I mean, listen, we're not a conspiracy podcast, so we're not going to get into, like, believing everything that the government says or everything that it doesn't say. But, In this case, with UFOs, I'm going to take the stance that like the government is full of shit with this stuff and that I don't want to say that they're hiding it, but they're at least not accepting. So now the timeline jumps to December 2017, which is a huge gap. We're we're talking about going from 1969 to the end of 2017. But the reason that gap is so big is because when Blue Book was closed in 69 and they said, nope, we're out of the UFO business, that was it. And they never talked about it, never, like, had any programs running, or supposedly never had any programs running, up until the New York Times dropped this bombshell in December of 2017. And that's where we're getting closer to where we are now, obviously. And what what the article was in 2017 was mainly these three videos that allegedly showed encounters that U.S. Navy jets... From military warships, uh, Nimitz and the Theodore Roosevelt had with unidentified, unusually fast-moving crafts. And these videos are called Fleer, Gimbal, and Go Fast. You probably have heard of them at this point. They are one of the main talking points
1: about this subject currently. Uh, we've talked about and these, them are, the, on these here. are three videos that we discussed. Uh, I think last fall we did yes. a dispatch where we covered them pretty pretty intensely. We talked about yeah. a lot of other things during that dispatch, but just so everybody who's kind of been with us since then is aware, it's those same three. It's the, it's the main three videos. Yes, um, the, the main three. And uh, they're, I mean, they're still just as
0: awesome today as they were in 2017 when they dropped. They're pretty unbelievable. Um, especially the, the go fast one has, has uh, really received a lot of attention lately and we'll get to why that is. But... Um, the videos were from 2004, 2014, and 2015, respectively. And they show FLIR images, at, at infrared imagery, along with like cockpit display data from Navy fighter jets. And then they also have the audio communications between the pilots that were pursuing these things. So if you're not familiar with those, that, those links will be in the show notes, and you should definitely
1: watch those before moving forward. So and for being, those who haven't, sorry to interrupt you. If no, no. you haven't seen those and you're going to watch these for the first time, I just have to make a point. Uh, again, uh, I spoke to my mother about this type of stuff earlier today. We had our kind of like weekly check in or whatever. The pilot's response is the craziest fucking thing. If you're yeah. seeing these videos for the first time, these guys that are like 30 year veterans of the military that have been flying forever that are they're not going to be taken off guard by anything that is uh, a weather balloon falling out of the atmosphere or whatever. To see them respond it just like it gives me goosebumps even like talking about it. Absolutely. You see a guy who's been flying a fighter jet for 25 years freaking out in the cockpit. What is that? Over the walkie like I don't know oh my god where is it? Like It's, like, it's undeniably something that is not technology that's Fifty years or hundred years uh, more advanced than us. It's not Russia with like their crazy drone thing. It is this guy where he 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 is in the thing that is the height of articulation as far as that technology is concerned. He pilots that thing. He is the dude in the world who flies the craziest fucking thing. That's not like a spaceship. He is losing his mind. He's blown away. He just speechless. And he's talking with somebody else over walking and they're just like, dude, what is that dude? What's it doing? It is, it's crazy. You could listen to just the audio. You could not even watch the videos and you can like have your mind blown by how crazy these fucking videos are. And they're just a couple seconds long. Or they, you know, I think that one is, that's the tic-tac one. That's a couple minutes. Exactly. More, right? Yeah. Yeah. A couple um, minutes. It's minutes. The response is so genuine. And so just like, well, if that guy's freaking out, Absolutely. Then Yes, everybody who sees that is freaking out. His boss doesn't know any better. His boss isn't up in a fighter jet dozens of hours a week. This is the guy. This is the guy who should not be freaking out. <laughs> and this this guy you're talking about,
0: and we'll talk about him a little bit more in a few minutes, his name is David Fravor. And this is not just some dude who is, A, he's not new to this. As you said, he's been doing this for decades. And he's he, B. He's not just like a grunt pilot. This dude, he graduated from Top Gun Naval Flight School. Fucking Top Gun. Okay, that image conjures something, or that word conjures conjures an image for everybody. Okay, and that shit is real. It's called Top Gun, the flight school. And he is the commander of the entire FA-18 squadron on the USS Nimitz. He's the commander of the entire fucking squadron on one of our billion-dollar warships. This dude is not. You know, he's not a. He, he knows shit he knows anything that's identifiable in the
1: sky he can identify he's the king of fighter jet pilots can I mean, we just say much, that I yeah, mean is there we, any better way to put it he is no. the absolute top dog most badass fucking dude that 100%. is like flying a fighter jet and his story has not wavered and we're going to get
0: into that his story has not wavered and, and he's, he's not out there saying these are fucking extraterrestrials this is a flying saucer he's just out there saying this is something that is not us like with A human, not human yes correct like not technologies that anybody has so along with these videos the New York Times also in December of 2017 disclosed the existence of something called the Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program up until this point uh, you know that allegedly the, we weren't in the UFO business in, when it came to the US military but New York Times cracked this wide open and said bullshit you have a program. It's called ATip, the Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program, and basically they had learned by the time this article came out that ATip had already been shut down. Uh, it was something that lasted from 2007 to 2012, and it, it was like a budget of like 22 million dollars. Um, so, despite the government's, you know, claim that there was no official UFO investigation since Blue Book. here is this program that lasted five years. But when the article came out, it had already been closed. Uh, This program was allegedly, well, not allegedly, excuse me. This program was um, initiated by the then Senate Majority Leader, a guy named Harry Reid, whose name comes up all the time in this because he started this program. He's an advocate for disclosure. He's not trying to keep the stuff secret. He wants people to know what we're studying. And when he started it, it was... Not called ATip. It was called the Advanced Aerospace Weapons System Applications Program, uh, and it was the the purpose of the program was to study the UAP phenomenon, unexplained aerial phenomenon. It um, eventually the name changed to ATip. But he started this program at the urging of his friend, Nevada billionaire and government contractor Robert Bigelow. That should also ring a bell in your head if you're into weird shit. Robert Bigelow is he's like the fucking cool. Uh, you know, if if if, if <laughs> I, I don't even know how to put this. If like, <laughs> if, you know, Joe Rogan is like the douchebag talking about UFOs and we're the cool guy. And then like Elon Musk is the douchebag thinking about space. Robert Bigelow is the cool guy thinking about space. Like he's the dude who's not out there like being flagrant about his shit. He funds a lot of aerospace shit. He owned Skinwalker Ranch for a long time. If you know what Skinwalker Ranch is, you know that that's some weird they you know really really weird things happened there he owned and spent a lot of money studying that so this dude he you know he's got his finger on the pulse of this stuff and he urged harry reed to start this program and they did and they had support from some senators um various other senators and it, like i said it, the pro- program began in 2007 they got a 22 million dollar budget over the five years of operations um And then in this article, this New York Times article, they also mentioned that these videos were initially provided to the press by a guy named Lou Elizondo, who was the former uh, head of ATIP. And Lou comes up over and over again because he was the head of this program that studies UAPs. And so, you know, he's seen a lot and he knows he has a general idea, if not an exact idea of what the government, what cards like the government are holding close to its chest that they won't show us. So these are the people who won't know. These aren't people on fucking Reddit saying, I think there's a secret program. This is the dude who headed the secret program and he's out here releasing these videos saying, hey, y'all should know that there is some, you know, wild shit going on out there and like no one's holding these people accountable for for providing that information to us.
1: And Elizondo was a, he was like an ex-Special Forces guy or something like that. He had a, before his kind of uh leadership role in in the the government. He was like a he was like a boss kind of like yeah, he he I mean he's fight, a like... fighter guy mercenary kind of dude or whatever he definitely looks at yes, not a mercenary he... guy but he was like a special forces guy. So this is another person who had like an honorable military career before he was kind of pulled into whatever this high ranking kind of uh you know super secret government kind of program was. He wasn't like some he didn't come from like a science background. He didn't come from a like an office background or like an no, administrative no. thing. He was like, you know, a badass dude who was, for whatever reason, I think his intellect and just kind of like his, if you, if you watch him speak, it's no wonder. If you look at his kind of track record or whatever, you're like, why would they choose that guy? And then you look at it, and you're like, oh, he's just like a next level person. He's 100%. just really fucking good at everything that he does. And of course, that's the guy that you want. Um, kind of a perfect guy because he's not like he, you know he has like this kind of a uh, ground level real world uh, approach to things as opposed to being too I don't want to say too scientific you can't really be too scientific when you're talking about this stuff but not purely scientific right. he, he's, uh, he's a little you know, bit more open minded than than you might think someone like that would be and he just knows how to interface with like all different types of people because he's like a ground level dude and he's been around the world and he's seen like conflict and stuff and he understands people so he's kind of a perfect candidate for for that specific thing that he was doing
0: here's what his wikipedia says which i should have just quoted and threw in our outline because it's unbelievable so it says he's the son of his dad he of uh under the third so i guess our guy is the fourth his dad was a cuban exile that volunteered for brigade 2506 a cia-sponsored group of exiles formed in 1960 to attempt uh, sorry he was a cuban exile and he, he joined this group uh, of exiles in 1960 that uh, attempted a military overthrow of the Cuban government, which that culminated works. in the Bay of Pigs. So this is this dude's dad. Damn. Our dude, Lou, served in the army for 20... Oh, he went to the University of Miami. He double majored in microbiology and immunology and minored in chemistry. He served in the army for 20 years running military intelligence operations in Afghanistan, South Africa, and Guantanamo Bay. Regarding his military career, he stated he dealt with, quote, unquote, a lot of soft stuff like coups, black market terrorism, violent drug cartels, all that kind of stuff. Uh, so he, like, yeah. The like I said, is, he's
1: like a next level type of dude.
0: Yes. Very, um, very legit. So he is, you know, he was the head of this program, ATIP, which was basically the predecessor to Project Blue Book that we didn't know existed until the New York Times blew the lid off of it in 2017 when they released those videos. So then, we jump to September 2019, where uh, a Pentagon spokeswoman confirms that the videos that were two years old, nearly two years old at this point, were made by naval, naval aviators and that they were part of a larger issue of an increased number of training range incursions by unidentified aerial phenomenon in recent years. So this is like a soft, a glimpse of like soft disclosure that happened in, in mid to late 2019. The Pentagon's like, okay, yeah, those, real, those videos were made by the Navy. It's part of a bigger picture thing. Then in April of 2020, the Pentagon themselves formally released the three videos titled Fleer, Gimbal, and Go Fast. And they said, yep, these are real. They came from within our programs. You know, here they are in an in, uh, in official capacity. Then fast forward to July 2020 last year, and this is when things start to get, you know, heated up in, in the world of ufology, especially in mainstream circles, because this is when the New York Times ran another article with a headline that read, No longer in the shadows, the Pentagon's UFO unit will make Some pi- uh, some findings public. So, despite statements that, this is a quote from the article, Despite Pentagon statements that it disbanded a once-covert program to investigate unidentified flying objects, the effort remains underway. Renamed and tucked inside the Office of Naval Intelligence where officials continue to study mystifying encounters between military pilots and UAPs. This program, known as the Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon Task Force, was the successor to AATIP and so again again and again and again the government says nope we're out of the business Project Blue Book closed we're done New York Times says you're not done you have this thing called ATIP oh yeah we did have that oh that whoa, was over. Whoa, well that and that. it's like
1: well what just, just.
0: that was over five oh. years ago then there's now the New York Times is like no fuck you it's still going uh, and it turns out the program was officially approved uh, after this like once the lid was blown out uh, blown off the Pentagon was like okay fine like we'll make it legit. It was officially approved last year in August of 2020. And they stated that the mission of the task force is to detect, analyze and catalog UAPs that could potentially pose a threat to us national security. It's the same thing. It's the same, uh, uh, you know, um, mission statement as project blue book, project grudge and project sign. Like, okay, let's think about this for a minute. Do you really, so this is 2020. And before that, uh, Blue Book was was disbanded in 1969, so that was a 51 year gap. But the first uh, Air Force program where they were studying this studying this phenomenon was, was right after Roswell in 1947. 1947 to 2020 is 73 years. And we know of at least in that 73 years, we know of at least five different programs that the US Air Force has had to study this phenomenon with, you know, pretty much not an unlimited budget, but the budget backed by the U.S. military. Is there any
1: fucking way that they don't have real hard answers and hard evidence? I mean, even if there's something that they don't understand, they 100% have something. And we don't need to gloss over all of the other stories and points where it's like, yeah, they have something physical. Like we've talked about this previously on the show. Right. Um, anybody who's listening for the first time, you know, there is not like an astounding level of dispatches. I think what do we have like seven or eight yeah. back ones? So just like go through, you know, familiarize yourself if this is something that you're into. But we've definitely talked about a lot of this stuff previously. And it's like, yeah, 100 fucking percent. They have some they have something. There is something. Uh, if it's a piece of metal, if it's uh, a weird battery or whatever the fuck like they they have something. Um, they're not going to share that with us. They're not going to share. They don't it with know what it, but, they don't know what the fuck it is. That's why they're not going to share it with us. Not because they want to keep it to themselves, because they don't they don't know what it is. And if they share it with us, they're sharing it with Russia. They're sharing it with China. And it just, of course, they're not going to. I mean, I didn't. What did What did you expect when this whole thing no, started no, to no, kind I, of like it, resurface it, in the no, past couple no, of years? You no, know, no, there's I not agree. the president's not going to come on and be like, "Well, we have we found this in Roswell," and then this was found in you know Washington D.C. during this fucking crazy ch- like it's. They're not. They're never gonna show us that. Um, I don't disagree with that. But I, but my thing is, is like, this is the United
0: States fucking military, the biggest swinging dick in the world. Unfortunately, like, there's no way that they have put time and effort into something for seventy three years and come up empty handed. I just don't buy that. It's completely. I, I just, I don't think that's possible whatsoever. And going back to what Ian was sort of referring to, that we talked about in a, in a former uh, episode of the Strange Dispatches, that Senator Harry Reid, who initially jump started the first version of ATIP, when this article came out last July in 2020, where the Times said, hey, they do have a secret UAP program, Harry Reid went on record and said, he it's it got it's gotten a lot it's gotten jumbled over the last year. He went on record and, and made a statement that led people to think that he was saying that the government had retrieved off-world vehicles. But then the Times backed backtracked and said he actually said that the government might have a program that would retrieve off-world vehicles. But I mean whether it was a slip of his tongue or or what or you know the Times just wrote a bad line or whatever. I just don't buy that the U.S. military has had five different programs over 73 years, millions if not billions of dollars invested in this thing and they don't have anything. Like, I'm not saying that they... I I do believe that they don't have the answers because I don't think the answers are attainable in a way that government officials think. Uh, I think the answers go beyond like, things that can be written about in uh, classified reports. But I think they must possess some hard evidence. They fucking have to. I mean, if if these pilots are seeing this as often as they say they are, and we're going to get into that a little bit more in a second, they must have something.
1: I agree. Uh What do you think it is that they have? The, I think it's like, I mean, what do you think it's something that they literally cannot fucking explain what it is? Not that they're going to I try mean, to explain it to us, but to themselves. Do you think it's a piece of metal? Do you think it's like an energy source? Like what? I think, I, 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 think there's, I think there's all kinds of weird shit. And I think some of it Is just something that is maybe from the earth that they don't have an explanation for. But I know that there has to be somewhere, some catalog of things that don't. I, yeah, I think you're right.
0: I mean, I think what it is. I think my answer to that question uh, differs on the day. It's like, I think it. You know, there are some days where. I'm like, okay, I want to believe the Roswell story where they recovered a crash and beans. There are some days where I'm like, okay, I want to believe Bob Lazar's story. Bob Lazar, if you don't know he, who he what is, he's a guy who, he was like a famous Area 51 whistleblower that like revealed to the public that the UFO, that the government possesses UFOs and that he worked for a program that was trying to reverse engineer them. And he, there, I don't know where I ultimately stand on that dude and we don't have enough time to Probably do that story justice. There are a lot of things that he said that seem like he's made up, and there are a lot of things that he said that uh, that are true. He he, you know, said that the U.S. government was in possession of this element called Element One Fifteen, and then like years and years later, Element One Fifteen was like added to the periodic table. So maybe it's something like that. Like you said, something from the Earth that they didn't have, they hadn't previously identified. Maybe they fucking I don't know, man. But I mean, what I want to believe is I I want to believe that like. There was a UFO, a flying saucer, UFO, some sort of craft that was struck by lightning in 1947 in the desert above Roswell and crashed. And they have a fucking craft and like dead bodies from three things that were piloting that. That's what I want to believe. But what I actually believe, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but I I, I mean, I just can't swallow the idea that they've been investigating this for 73 years. Feeding us the same bullshit for seventy-three years, and we're going to get more into that bullshit that they are continuing, to, continuing to feed us. In the, but there must be
1: something out there somewhere. I I like that you're saying like what you know what you want it to be, and now what, especially with these three videos, it's like what I thought since you know I was like a twelve-year-old kid watching the X-Files, going through all that stuff, letting my imagination run wild. What could it be? what do I want it to be looking at these videos as kind of like everything else, put it out of your head, little green men, flying saucers, all that shit. This is what you have in front of you. And like, what is this? Um It doesn't seem like something that like there's little dudes flying around inside. It doesn't look like something that has a door that's going to open or right. landing gear. That's going to come out. It just doesn't, seem like that at all as much as i kind of want that to be what it is exactly we can talk more about what we think it is um maybe towards the end of the episode and what like we want it to be or whatever but it just doesn't seem like it's anything like that it just seems like seems like drones from a different type of technology that like we we couldn't possibly harness on earth anytime in the next like. Foreseeable future, and I mean, like five hundred years, thousands. I don't know anything about like technology and like what they're developing or whatever. But when you have a fucking like high-ranking Air Force pilot losing his mind because he can't understand something, that's not something that's a hundred years down the road or twenty years down the road. Right. That's uh, you know, like, like we said before, we said this on previous episodes too. It's like that's that's from somewhere else. Uh, again, what that somewhere else is, we can get into that later. But that I don't think it's like men. Exactly. I don't think yeah. it's little people yeah. and I don't I don't think they have like bodies or anything. I just really don't. I think they have weird scraps of things that they can't explain. And that's probably like the best case scenario. Uh, I think you're
0: probably right. I think that is the most likely scenario. And and it is yeah, it, it is completely different than what you you know, growing exactly what you said, watching the X-Files growing up with the shit in pop culture. It's completely different. And but now We'll get into this on future episodes. Not that's not to say that those little green men aren't out there. I just
1: don't think that that's what this is. Uh, yeah, we'll and be- we're we're really looking at. Yeah, I mean, we haven't really talked about like the uh, the document and all that, but we're talking right. about we- a very specific. We're talking about a uh, what is it? It's like a 15 year period. So we're not exactly. talking about Andrew introduced Roswell just as kind of like a character reference as to how the United States has consistently. Um, you know, responded to these types of things, but we're not talking about as with, as this conversation evolves. We're not talking about Roswell. We're not talking about Project Blue Book. Those were just references to see, like, yo, know, this is how since the get go they've kind of responded to this type of stuff. But what we're going to be discussing today, for like the meat of this conversation, is really 15, 17 years, 2004 to 2021. 20, that's right. 15, 16 years. Um, and when, and those three videos, and all the other videos. I guess there's a lot of incidents that don't have videos. I think there was like a close to 200, and only one of them. They were like, "Well, it was definitely a weather balloon." So there is right, right. damn near 200 events. Yeah. Some of them, you know, lucky enough to have videos or pictures or whatever. Um, well, you know, before we get before we get further into that, let's let let let's get the timeline uh, up, up yes. to speed. Okay, so, so we're basically. We're getting there. we getting
0: close. So we yeah. left off talking about July 2020 last year when the Pentagon acknowledged, acknowledges or acknowledged, excuse me, um, the Unidentified Area Phenomenon Task Force, which was you know, the, the successor to ATIP. So then last December, shortly before Christmas, December 2020, this deadline was set. And if you haven't come across this yet, This was basically when Congress passed a coronavirus relief slash stimulus package last year. That was the main focus of this bill. But as bills go, a lot of other bullshit got snuck onto it. Not snuck onto it, but got like thrown into this thing. And part of that was uh, a call for the Department of Defense and the Office of the Director of National Intelligence to deliver a report on UAPs and UAP related programs to Congress within within 180 days. So Congress was like, okay, so these programs have been happening behind the scenes. We weren't privy to them, but we've been funding them unknowingly. Now it's time for you guys to tell us what has come out of these programs. You have 180 days to give us a report.
1: So, what, what was the what, what does that have to do With the fucking coronavirus By the way Nothing It's All almost like that. When you go to a restaurant And they're like Oh yeah We're actually not serving That cocktail You know It's like a coronavirus It's like or some completely arbitrary You know Right like, A certain rental house Says you can't keep Your fucking cart there anymore And they're like You know yeah. coronavirus Like what the fuck Does that have to do with it It has like, nothing to do with I, it Dude they, the I time. love that they like Snuck it in And like they Also just Motherfuckers Tell us about this shit Yeah um, it's That's, cool that they did that, but it's just—I'm not missing something, right? It no, has no, no you're to not. do with anything. It has nothing it's to do. Just with anything. This it's like just, it's almost getting kind of like an asshole power move.
0: It's a weird. I mean, uh, a lot of my knowledge about like Congress and what happens in Washington D.C. comes from the show Veep, and based on that show, shit like this happens all the time. They're just like, oh, by the way, just you know, throw this in there for. For fun because I wanted or whatever, so had nothing to yeah. do with the rest of the bill. Um, so then, uh, moving forward, we're going to jump to April 2021, and that was when the Pentagon confirmed even more leaked videos and photos of UFOs. I, I jump back and forth between calling them UFOs and UAPs. By the way, UFO is obviously the more romantic thing and the word that we grew up with, but now in official capacities, or, you know, they call them UAPs because it doesn't quite conjure up the same. Uh, connotations that UFOs do. So so you know, Andrew pre- bounces back and forth I will only ever call them UFOs. I appreciate that. I'm glad. I'm I'm very glad. Uh I maybe I, sh- I should start being more aware of it. And yeah, <laughs> now you get what um, you got, man. They're all the fucking <laughs> UFOs to me. <laughs> So in, a, in April, in a press release that sounded very familiar to the one from the year before, the Pentagon confirmed that some newly leaked images and videos depicting UIPs were in fact captured by the Navy and Navy pilots and were being investigated by uh, the task force. Uh, one photo, which you and I, I, th- I think we talked about it at one point. Well, we certainly talked about it together. I don't know if we were, it was a, it was a podcast or not, but one photo, was nicknamed the Acorn. That was the one that was first... Uh, I first saw it on a website called the Debrief, which is a great website. They released this photo taken from uh, the rear seat of an F-18 fighter jet uh, by the rear seat weapons officer and, and we'll link to it and it's like these. they're fucking pretty high up, uh, pretty high altitude in this fighter jet and there's this sort of acorn-shaped object um, in the distance they take a photo of. There were also two other images captured at this time from the same cell phone. Um, one of them looks more like a blimp and the other one is sort of anomalous. Uh, those photos, people have said like that they were probably some sort of weather apparatuses. Again, fucking 73 years later (laughs) from Roswell and we're still using like the
1: same We're still crazy how the fucking all this technology evolved but the weather balloons (laughs) still look exactly the same and they have the same fucking issues they just fall out of the fucking sky like 8,000 miles an hour it's so so weird Uh, I guess the first time a weather balloon was invented it was absolutely perfect and they just haven't changed at all but they still have the exact same problems so they're actually not fucking perfect but whatever (laughs) yeah weather balloon sick and and then (laughs) also confirmed to
0: be authentic were these two videos published by, uh, that were like sort of, uh, you whistle blown by this documentary filmmaker named Jeremy Corbell, And he posted them in April. And one of them is this night vision video, um, that shows a, I mean, you've seen this video, right? The pyramid one, and then the yep. green night vision. I mean, yep. just, we'll link it, but how would you describe what, it, what the fuck this is?
1: Uh, I mean, the fact that it is, that it is with uh, night vision kind of adds to its intensity and its otherworldliness, but I don't know. It looks like... It's kind of cloudy, right? Yeah, yep. So it's a little hazy. It looks as if it could be the light that's on the bottom of a far larger craft, a blimp, or something, but you just don't see any other form. It's not so cloudy or hazy or whatever you want to call it, atmospheric, that you only see. Like, it just looks like it looks like a triangle. It looks like a fucking UFO. Dude. It's <laughs> it looks wild. like you're looking it's... up, and it is like a slow moving. You know, there's like the little kind of bouncy, drony, crazy, flying, fast UFOs, and then there's UFOs that are just like don't give a fuck if you see them, and they're just <laughs> right. like cruising by Uh, and so this kind of seems like one of the cruising by doesn't give a fuck that's why I would describe it a yeah, cruising by doesn't give a fuck UFO that is making great. no effort to hide itself Um, it, it could be fucking anything man without having the perspective of how tight that is on it you know sure. you don't know if it's so tight that you're just seeing the bottom of the craft and then the light is like you know Twenty feet or something, or if you're seeing something that's four thousand feet, it's 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 a little it's it's hard, but it's you know, if you see something crazy, you're going to record it. It's not your fault if you see something weird and it's not perfect. Right, it doesn't mean right. that you shouldn't show it to people and that you shouldn't talk about it. It's just, um, you know, the other kind of characteristics of the video, the night vision and the haziness, it it it, 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 it makes it a little bit harder to call it. Yeah, um, I, it, it I looks fucking crazy and it looks like nothing that I could ever imagine because it's kind of moving slow right yeah it's sort and of what like what moves that slow a blimp but it,
0: it feels like something completely different than the tic-tac video but yeah it's
1: yeah, I don't know it, it's yeah, wild watch it please watch it there will be a link in here it's it's um, nothing naturally occurring. No, definitely. 100% that is a piece of technology there's nothing the form of the light the shape the hard edges of it you know it's, yeah, it's it's something that is designed. It's pretty wild.
0: Um, the second video that this guy Jeremy Corbell published is also cool. It's uh, it's an incident that involved the USS Omaha when they observed and recorded a spher- spherical shaped craft traveling above the ocean surface. They're out in the fucking Pacific, I believe. This craft is like cruising, like at a good pace above the surface and eventually plunges into the water. It goes from traveling horizontally, like just above the the surface of the water, to plunging into the water, like very obviously plunges into the ocean. So obviously that the Omaha, which I think it was in the Pacific when this happened, sent a crew out to go try and retrieve the wreckage or rescue people because they thought that something had just crashed before their eyes. So, but turns out might have been some sort of trans medium fucking UAP that was also uh, a, a, an underwater. Uh, what, is, what is the word for that? It's not UAP, but there's a word for it, but it's wild. Yeah, this I can't video, think of it either.
1: It is wild because it's like, it's uh, if you saw that for a couple seconds, you can almost say that looks like something that fell from outer space, but you look at you know if, if it was like you know you saw three two one and then it crashed into the water and created a, like a crash like a big splash this thing doesn't really create a big splash it just kind of goes into the water but it is not like falling into the water it is flying across the surface of the water you know above the surface horizontally i mean it it's going so fast. It's gotta. I mean, I know I'm gonna sound stupid. It's gotta be going a thousand miles an hour. dude. It looks like it is it. so fast, and then it just kind of like beep,
0: disappears, like um, in. It's like it's like when when a high diver like fucking comes flying down off a high dive, and then they make the tiniest splash. It's like that.
1: Maybe it's like Interstellar Olympics, and we're just watching. <laughs> like they're fucking, you know. <laughs> maybe they're showing uh, off like how how sweet they can dive into water. USO it's is what we we're thinking of, unidentified submerged object. Sure, yes, but yes. This, uh, but again, is- that's like that's that's a piece of technology. That's not something. It's not like light refracting. It's not um, something that fell from somewhere. No way. Uh, it is going so fast, and it is. I mean, it's cruising. It is. Uh, it, it's-, it's controlled maneuvers, and then it just boop. It's gone. And this isn't something
0: completely unique to this incident. There are other videos. There's this one uh, this in Puerto Rico of, of a transmedium object that's flying, goes into the water, comes out, and goes in again. This is this is another aspect of this phenomenon that, that is, ha- has been well documented. So it's pretty wild. And this was part of another group of videos and photos that the Pentagon confirmed came from them. And they were legit. They were authentic. They don't use the word legit, obviously, but they said that they were authentic. So this is like, I mean, the story is just getting better and better because, you know, people are leaking these videos, they're whistleblowing, and like the Pentagon can only continue to deny this stuff so much when that's happening. So then that that happened in April. That stuff was confirmed authentic. Then in May 2021, this is when, uh, you know, your mom and your grandfather start talking about UFOs. Because 60 Minutes runs a special about UAPs. Um, this is a time when UAPs were sort of at the forefront of everybody's mind, inclu- including the mainstream media, and CBS decided to jump on board and run a special on 60 Minutes about the regularity of UAPs in US airspace. And they anybody a- who
1: hasn't seen this, it is awesome. You have to watch it. If you're listening to this and you haven't seen it already, I would almost say pause. Definitely, yeah. Go watch it on YouTube. It's about 13 to 15 minutes. It is incredible that a mainstream media outlet as universally respected as 60 Minutes uh, is straight up, patiently talking to these people about like UFOs. It's unbelievable. It warms my heart.
0: It's great. It's really well done. They talked to all of the biggest players in this. They talked to Lou Elizondo, uh, his interview is interesting. He he goes on record saying that you know the mission of ATIP when he was in charge of it was simple, and it was to collect and analyze information involving anomalous aerial vehicles. Um, and he talks about how it was sort of buried away in the Pentagon, and it was part of a $22 million program sponsored by Harry Reid, as we said. And when he took it over in 2010, he focused on the national security implications implications of the the unidentified area phenomenon uh, specifically encounters documented by US service members. Here's here's a quote from that interview that I thought was pretty interesting that Lou Elizondo says he says, imagine a technology that can do six to seven hundred G-forces, that can fly at 13,000 miles an hour that can evade radar and that can fly through air and water and possibly space and oh by the way, has no obvious signs of propulsion, no wings, no control surfaces, and yet can defy the natural effects of Earth's gravity. That's precisely what we're seeing. Think about that for a minute. This is the guy who we said had a 20-year-long career in the Army, who said that he dealt with some soft shit like coups and like black uh, black market weapons trading and and, uh, drug cartels. This dude is talking about something very interesting that I only Thought of now, he says these are objects that can fly at 13,000 miles an hour. Kenneth Arnold, the guy we started this timeline with in 1947, said the objects that he saw were flying at at least 12,000 miles an hour. So that's pretty, that's pretty, I don't know, that seems interesting to me that they both, you know, clocked it in at that.
1: But this is a lot lives. faster than a
0: thousand miles an hour. So it shows what it's I, it's fucking, yes, I wouldn't have known either, dude. Uh, but he's saying that they're seeing these things that can absolutely not be explained by anything terrestrial. These things don't have any any uh, technologies that we are even semi-familiar with, and they seem to defy the natural effects of the Earth's gravity.
1: So he talks about all those crazy things he did as the soft shit. Clearly, he's insinuating that this is the hard shit. <laughs> I would think uh-huh. so. I mean, it, I, that's how I think of it it's
0: so and okay and that's just one interview I, i'm not gonna i'm gonna keep moving forward because there's more to talk about here that's just one interview from from uh 60 minutes they they also interview david fravor the guy from the tic tac video and as we uh talked about or as i mentioned david fravor was a graduate of top gun naval flight school commander of the fa 18 squadron of the uss Nimitz, and. He d- gives an interview with Lieutenant Alex Dietrich, and she had never publicly spoken about this experience um, that they had back in 2004 when they pursued this Tic Tac shaped UF, you know, UAP, which is what, you know, one of the videos that we talked about the Times leaked in 2017. So here's, you know, some, some bits that I pulled from 60 Minutes about their encounter, at, at, you know, in the interview that they give. From 60 Minutes, they said, it was November 20, or excuse me, it was November 2004, USS Nimitz Carrier Strike Group was training about 100 miles southwest of San Diego. So they're in the Pacific. For a week, the advanced new radar on a nearby ship, the USS Princeton, had detected what operators called multiple anomalous aerial vehicles. They were over the horizon, descending 80,000 feet, feet in less than a second. They have this on radar. These things are going... They're dropping eighty thousand feet in less than a second. I mean, think about how long it takes you when you're on fucking Delta Airlines to get up to cruising altitude, so they'll let you take your seatbelt off to take a pee. It takes a while. These guys are dropping eighty thousand. And that, what do we? What do you cruise at? Twenty thousand feet, right? Is that what? Uh, I think it's remember, like 30,000 30, 30, feet. Yeah. These these crafts are dropping eighty thousand feet in less
1: than a second. So, so nothing falls. It, if you caught a glimpse of that, it would not be something falling.
0: No, no, no way. Absolutely not. So,
1: so, like, so much faster than, I mean, unless it was falling from the heavens themselves. There's just no scientific explanation for something falling that fast. It's being, like, propelled downwards or whatever fucking direction it happens to be going. So they're flying. These things are flying. Absolutely flying. So,
0: multiple days in a row, they're seeing these things. On November 14th, Fravor and Dietrich, each a weapons system officer in the backseat of these fighter jets, were diverted to investigate these. They roll up on an area of rolling white water the size of a 737 jet in an otherwise calm blue sea. So think about that. They're in, in the middle of the ocean. Middle, middle of the ocean is just this huge spot of water that's churning and is like white water. What is, I mean, okay, that would be, that would be a a terrifying thing to come upon if the experience ended there. And the experience does not end there for them. But that's so wild to think about. That's one of my favorite aspects of this story is that the water is all rolling in in what's under making it do that.
1: Fucking mothership. You know what's under there. (laughs)
0: So, in, here here are some lines from the 60 Minutes interview. David Fravor says, So, as we're looking at this, her backseater says, Hey, Skipper, do you? And about that, about the time that got out, I said, Dude, do you, do you see that thing down there? And we saw this little white tic tac looking object, and it's just kind of moving above the white water area. As Dietrich circled above, Fravor went in for a closer look. Um, and so the guy from 60 Minutes says, So, you're sort of spiraling down. And Dave Fravor says, Yep. The tic-tac's still pointing north-south. It goes, click, and just turns abruptly and starts mirroring me. So as I'm coming down, it starts coming up. The guy from 60 Minutes says, so you're mimicking, it's mimicking your moves. And he says, yes, it was aware we were there. He said it was about the size of his jet with no markings, no wings, no exhaust, no plumes. He said, I went to see how close I could get. And it's climbing and it gets right in front of me and it disappears. Disappears, gone, and sped off. This thing, I don't think he's insinuating that it, you know, went from being visible to being invisible. It just moved so quickly that he didn't see it go, right? Don't isn't that? Don't you think that's what he's insinuating there? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, this is this is this dude we're talking about. This dude who who graduated from Top Gun. He's in charge of this whole fleet, and they have this experience. That and you know he this happened in two thousand four, but he still because of his training, I have to assume you know he still remembers when they came upon it. It was like pointing north south, like you know he still remembers these things because he's trained to observe these things and not forget them.
1: He's a uh, an Alec as well. The the woman was she his backseat or was she they front were, seat in a different? They jet? were both back seats in separate jets. Okay, gotcha. And was this during a training? They were, Yes,
0: they were training and then when these when the, um, the UAPs popped up again on the radar of the other ship that they were kind of out there with, the USS Princeton, they were like, okay guys can you go check this out? Like this keeps happening and now we have someone kind of in the area can you go check it out?
1: Right, right okay, so uh, just listening to both of them talk in the 60 minute interview I love that they're the way he's like, I don't he doesn't have like, he was never like, uh, programmed to like, this is what you're gonna go on 60 minutes and say. He's clearly just like, I don't fucking know. Um, right. the interviewer for the 60 minute interview is incredible. I don't know the dude's name, but uh, he is Dave, like, the, uh, oh, sorry, Bill Whitaker. The, such a perfect guy for that interview, but they're just like, they're just shrugging in the interview. They're like, I, it, it's crazy. It's nothing from this planet it is absolutely impossible that like we have that technology and that's about as far as i can go with it i don't fucking know uh i love that it is so genuine and so just like let's get the conversation started let's like let not, not bullshit each other let's not try to guess what it is let's like not try to you know um feed off of each other and make it as like weird and crazy let's just be like here straight up here's something in front of us we don't know what it is that's like the first step we all have to be on the same page can't offer an explanation we don't have an explanation it has to be a communal group agreement that we just don't know because we can't like move forward unless we all agree that like we're starting from the same place and I love that he and Alec as well she has the same It's like I think she even said she's like had I seen that by myself I don't know that I would have said anything because right. it is such a crazy thing to say, uh, and I loved it, it. Like that that interview, it wasn't sensationalized at all. It wasn't no, no, like it wasn't. Uh, you know he he's going to lay it all out for us. Like he, it's just like just a patient. Like, what do you think? I'll tell you what I think. I I don't fucking know. Yeah, it's uh, sort of like I've said perfect. it before. It's It's, the, it's the most genuine Or kind of realistic. Um, but yeah. So I mean, we're we're kind of caught up on the timeline right now, right? I mean, the, almost, the, almost. The, yeah. we've got the we've got the document coming up, and that's nearly there. That yes,
0: there was right. one other part I wanted to mention from the sixty minutes thing that I thought was cool, and I sort of threw in here last minute. So this, you know, this the sixty minutes special and in the interview like only intensified the excitement and the anticipation in the UFO community about the alleged disclosure that was coming. Because don't forget, this timeline, this one hundred and eighty timeline, is still looming on the horizon. It's coming to mid June um so at this point this interview
1: took place about a month
0: before exactly yes uh, deadline correct a month month before yep and at this point you know multiple videos have been leaked and confirmed it's said to be authentic and now to hear these pilots talk firsthand about their experience it only adds to the story and in another interview in that special that was before the interview with david fravor and, and alec dietrich uh they interview um Another guy, another Navy pilot, uh, former Navy pilot named Lieutenant Ryan Graves. This guy says he was stationed on the East Coast and he said these objects are seen daily on the East Coast. He said every day, every day for a couple of years. Every day he's saying these encounters are happening. Like maybe not the same as the Tic Tac, maybe they're not... Uh, actually getting this thing to uh, recognize their presence and engage with them, like maybe it's not mirroring their images, maybe they're not seeing, you know, white water churning, but he's saying that they're seeing things out there every single day, which is wild. I mean, it, you have to have a... They, they, the the fact that these, you know, the, the Tic Tac videos from 2004 were only just now giving this... Not saying, not giving it a platform, but like this conversation is way overdue, it seems like, based on the experiences of these
1: pilots. It's overdue, but it's all, it's also kind of perfect timing because you have, uh, you know... How am I trying to say this? If the video was, like, presented the day after, I think letting it snowball and letting it kind of, like, resonate and collect and then kind of dealing with it all at once is almost like a... Like a curated way to kind of start the conversation with the public, as opposed to, "Hey man, this thing happened to you two weeks ago." Go on to uh, sixty minutes and talk about it. Right. You know what right. I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it does. It, make it sense. seems it like does. gaining gaining momentum and just kind of like having it all, uh, just just ha- having more than one thing and having like uh, trends and seeing trends. It just makes it so much easier for people that are maybe not like you and I. Um, people that might dismiss it if it was just one little instance of one crazy thing. Sure. So it's definitely, uh, it's the right time, I think. I don't know if I would say that it's over. I mean, it's it's overdue in the sense that it's been overdue since fucking, like, 1947. Right, right. But, you know, if we're not going to have that, I think dealing with it in chunks and organizing it a little bit and, like, containing it to, like, this is what these certain, like, military people are reporting. These are the trends that we're seeing. Um, and even in the uh, the unclassified document that was just released, they have you know, there's, like, a system of checks and balances and protocols and shit that they have to even, like, approaching how they're reporting on this stuff. So there is some something positive in the fact that we've waited until, kind of, I guess, everybody had their shit together and went on the same page. Not yeah. that we're there yet, but it's, like, where I feel like we're starting to be there. And it just, I don't know, for me, dude, it really, it feels like the right time. If it was 20 years ago, I don't, I don't, I I don't, I I think it would have been, it would have come and gone in a different way. And I think now it's like, it's kind of here to stay.
0: So now we're up to June 25th, 2021, and it's fucking here. The deadline is here. 180 days has run out. And to the excitement of both normies and nerds alike, Alike, a like a nine page report was released. And I mean, we texted on this day, shared the report with each other, talked about it a little bit, but I mean it, here's here's a brief breakdown of what this report is, and then you and I will talk about what we think about it. But the Pentagon's Task Force Task Force's preliminary assessment is based on the review of one hundred and forty four UAP reports, UFO reports, involving observations made by military aviators between 2004 and 2021 but mostly from 2019 and 2020 so 144 reports between 20 2004 2021 of the 144 reports that were looked at the task force could only determine a definitive definitive explanation for one And they said it was a deflated balloon the other 143 remain unexplained in 18 events of the 144, witnesses reported unusual UAP movement patterns or flight characteristics, potentially demonstrating advanced, as of yet unknown, technological capabilities. Per the report, the u- unusual behavior included UAPs, which appeared to remain stationary in winds aloft, move against the wind, maneuver abruptly, or move at considerable speed without discernible means of propulsion. This is exactly what Lou Elizondo and David Fraber. Did talking about and exactly what we see in these videos that we are able to see. The report also notes that in a small number of cases, military aircraft systems processed radio frequency energy associated with the UAPs. So they're giving off RF signals, give, which shouldn't be a surprise. These crafts are giving off you know, RF signals. Um, in 11 instances, the uh, a- U.S. aviators reported dangerous near misses with U- UAPs. We don't have any more information about that. Um, but the reports are uh, listed, or the report listed five possible explanations for all of these encounters, and they are Airborne clutter, which includes birds, balloons, drones, airborne debris. Natural atmospheric phenomenon, which is ice crystals, moisture, thermal fluctuations that may register on some infrared and radar systems. Okay, cool. That makes sense. Uh, U.S. developed technology, which would be classified technology developed by the U.S. or its industry partners, privatized, you know, uh, outsourced Technologies—that's definitely got to account for some of these, I would think. Maybe not the specific 144, but some of them overall in in, in our country. Um, the fourth possible explanation is technology developed by foreign adversaries, namely Russia and China, or other government or non-government entities. But my problem with this, with this being a catch-all that it might be Russia or China, is that if it were Russia or China that's the US military admitting that these other countries are light years ahead of us with their shit
1: yeah and it just doesn't seem like that's something that they would go on record as i mean let's just say hey that's fucking crazy to admit that to the public and let's say that like Russia has something that they're so impressed with that they're like what the fuck is that they're not going to admit that to China or vice right. versa. If it was China, they're not going to let Russia know that they also don't have that, because right. like the way that that shit works is that you uh, you don't lay your cards out in public. Like no. you fucking don't. You you just don't. That's not that, that's not how that's not how that game's played. Not not in the slightest. I, yeah, so I, it's almost as if they're putting it in there to be like, hey. That's like the really. That's like the one shady thing that I thought. It's like okay, they're putting this in for idiots. Be like, oh well, right. then they could always go back and they're like they're never gonna. Anybody who knows anything about like you watch TV and you know that shit. That's not how you play the game. Like it's you don't know anything do about. You don't have to know about like the Cold War and stuff. But come on.
0: No way. They're not. But,
1: but it's it's all a mental game. I mean, half of it is a mental. Game. Thinking
0: about the Cold War, though, Blue Book. And Project Grudge and Project Science said the same shit. They were like, "Oh, maybe this is Sylvia," and it wasn't. It turned out it wasn't. They said they eventually said it wasn't. So, you're right. That's I, it's not how they play the game. And yeah, I just wouldn't like. Let's just. It's almost offensive that they would try to present that as a as a possibility because it's like no fucking way. We don't believe that. You for sure don't believe that.
1: I understand why they would put it in there though because like we talked about earlier, i remember if we talked about this earlier in the episode or before we got started but it's not like a declassified document it's an unclassified, unclassified document. so it's yeah. absolutely meant for like public consumption so it's not fucking meant for like me and you it's meant for every fucking buddy so right. it's just like it's almost like of course they're gonna put that in there of course they're gonna be like hey yeah, that crazy fucking thing that you saw that like two million people in New York saw. We said that it might be China and then they can like they can always go back to that as opposed to. Sure. saying we don't know what the fuck it is. And then all of a sudden there is something in our face. They can't be on record as having said like we definitely don't know what it is. They have to have that kind of like that window open or whatever to kind of jump through just for like the general consensus of people who don't really know how to like i mean i wouldn't know how to process that either if i saw something uh super crazy but am i making sense yeah you know you, no, like no, you're right. Saying, i mean, it's like they're like they're leaving themselves the out theory. yeah they're, and it's and so it seems it seems logical and it just wasn't surprising but everything else seemed pretty pretty concise you know and the, as oh, and far as i skipped the fifth thing on the list which is the fifth
0: possible explanation which is other which is a catch-all for encounters where they said there wasn't enough information to place it in one of the other four categories so
1: right and that's what 179 of 180 of the things fall into 143 of
0: 144
1: Uh, okay so right yeah Yeah, they all 143 uh, every everything so it wasn't birds. Uh, the whole thing with birds why'd you even type the word birds right like why'd you put that on the report was, right
0: like, so, so yeah, you're scary. telling me that you're fucking you're telling me that the people that you the people that are coming out of your top gun naval academy can't identify a bird in the air that's on you <laughs> like come no, on well, I mean if
1: it's a really really fast bird right you now right. maybe
0: um, so that's basically what the report said it said uh, we know about it we don't know about it pretty much it said like right, these encounters continue to happen we are studying them and we don't know what it is. We knew what one of them was. Maybe it's Russia, maybe it's China, maybe it's fucking ice crystals, maybe it's swamp gas, maybe it's a fucking weather balloon. Like, it's all the same, nothing has changed.
1: I mean, a a, a few little things have changed. I mean, they are saying that, like, we genuinely don't know. Uh, They're saying it could be this. And I guess some of those things, they could be, I bet a dozen of those are one of those you know, swamp gas, but, you know, like the weather balloon stuff or the, you know, fractal light stuff. I mean, there's um, I think one major thing that jumps out to me and I hadn't noticed it until you said this earlier, but in like the report they gave in like the late 40s or the early 50s and they were telling the public, like, you know, this is not a threat. It is absolutely treated as a threat in their report and they're dealing with it first and foremost as a threat, which at first seemed really silly to me. But now I understand that it's in our airspace. Of course they have to, you know, they're not engaging it and saying like it's a threat, like it's coming to get us. But I think just as an umbrella kind of the term threat, if there's something that we don't know what it is and it's doing crazy shit and it's in our airspace, 100 percent, of course, that has to be treated as a threat. So um, yeah, that makes sense not telling me. they're not telling people like they were in the 50s, like, uh, you know, we're looking at it. It's nothing to worry about. They're like, hey, this could potentially be a threat. Sure. We Don't know what it is. Um, so that's kind of, you know, I, I hate that language of, you know, it's almost like this like classic imperial American mindset of there. Here's something that exists. We don't know what it is. It is the enemy. Um, but and that's kind of how I at first thought of it. Like, oh yeah, they're just you know scared of it. But now it's like, sure, this is a like they gotta they gotta protect the airspace. So I yeah. understand why they're calling it a threat. Um, and it is it, it, it is a baby step towards reality. Of again, that just kind of uh, reconfirms that they're saying we don't know what the fuck it is. We have to assume it's a threat. Like, why would we not instead right. of being like, oh no, no, don't worry about it, guys. It's not like we know that it's not a threat. It didn't shoot a laser at us. It's not a threat. And now it's like, it's here and we don't know what it is. It is, you know, we're not going to like engage. I mean, and again, the videos, they prove it. Like they, they lock onto it with like their missile homing shit. They don't shoot it. We're not trying to do that, but you know, you can still look at it as a threat without like trying to, you know, uh, create a violent scenario. Totally. Um, And this, and this is, you know, this is only, this report is only
0: looking at incidents where, military personnel are encountering these out you know, mostly uh, pilots out above the ocean but this isn't even taking into account like many, many, many uh, instances where these things are above nuclear facilities and like weapons manufacturing plants and shit. That happens all the time as well. I mean that's that's not even a part of this specific conversation but it is a part of how you identify it and how you decide to label it a threat
1: yes and that other stuff is so much more interesting to me than i mean not that this isn't like very fertile and interesting but i think uh you know the huge trend that we're seeing here and i didn't notice this until um until i like re re -re re-read the because it's only nine pages and anybody who wants to read this report it's not a 70 page document it's nine pages of basically the same three sentences over but the, uh, what do you say, 95% of these things that are happening are during training exercises that, like, the Navy is doing with, you know, uh, whatever they're you know, they're out in the, the submarines or the, the destroyers or right. in, uh, like, fighter jets. But it's, it's, like, an astounding amount, it's during training. So it's, like, an officer who's out during a training routine is gonna be paying extra special attention. They're gonna be, they're asked to report like anything weird that you see. Uh, I think that is really interesting. Um, Like if there's something that's coming to check out what we're doing, they're training in, I would assume, new shit. Like new military stuff, new, uh, like the -the state-of-the-art kind of fighter jets and stuff like that. So is it something coming to like check out where we're at with that technology? Is that why we see it so often during training programs? Like, does that? Yeah, maybe. That's a of, really good point.
0: I, yeah, I hadn't thought about that, but that is also an if,
1: point. If it was, uh, we could be wrong. It could be Russia or China. We don't really know maybe. anything because yeah. we're just a couple of guys. Um, to see the pilot say, "There's no way that's Russia or China," I, I just believe him hundred percent. There's something about that dude that I'm just like he just seems really honest to me, but it seems like if they were going to come like check something out, it would be as interesting as a, like a nuclear reactor. Site. Sure. Like uh, seeing what our fighter jets and our submarines can do. That makes sense. Why that's like really, really you yeah. know, uh, yeah. interesting. You and, it's
0: uh, a point of interest for something else for whether yeah, terrestrial uh, or otherwise. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, it, yeah It. I don't I, I don't believe I truly don't believe that it's China or Russia because I really I, I definitely don't believe that it's Russia I, I don't think Russia is like even in the conversation <laughs> maybe I'm doing a disservice to them and like if you take offense to that as a listener I'm sorry but I don't believe it's, it's anything related to Russia but and I don't I, I don't think it's China either but I would buy that first, I guess. But I I don't know. It's, I mean, what what would they the only, okay, I'm going to, I'll go, I'll say this. The only way that I would think that it could possibly be either one of them is if they were in possession of a craft and they reverse engineered it. Because otherwise, how else are they, how else would they have something that can go
1: 13,000 miles an hour? Yeah, that I hadn't thought about it that way, but that makes a lot of sense, especially just looking at geographically how large how much mass those countries cover and how much uh, undeveloped land mass those countries possess. So just the sheer likelihood of something, you know, fucking New Mexico or Montana or somewhere that's like somewhat remote in the United States, that's like not fucking Siberia. Like they have just by default 10 times more likelihood for something like that. So that is also, you know, that's an interesting... An interesting point. Uh, I just think that they would be uh, more aggressive with it. More aggressive, and I just don't think. I mean, they couldn't
0: keep it under wraps when they like, you know, hacked our elections and shit.
1: Like, I don't think that the, it, they would be able to be that tight-lipped about it. I think it would come out right. at some point. Sure, but you know, we've also talked about these um, kind of like third party like clandestine corporations yep, that exist sure. in the u.s that could potentially be you know looking into so it, you know to it doesn't have to be the russian government still right just yeah that's Russians. a good point that doesn't have to point. be a chinese then, government it could still just be the chinese
0: and they're specific about that in the report they say technology developed by foreign adversaries uh government or non-government entities so yeah yeah depends. that is that is a the point they make
1: so they're really covering their bases um and I do, you know, I just want to reiterate that I, I like that they're they're approaching it somewhat scientifically in this report. Right. They're, you know, we've come a long way since like the weather balloon thing. They're still talking about the weather balloons. One of the things was a weather balloon, so I guess that's just never going to go away. It's never. I love that go that's like away. a linchpin in it. It's uh, <laughs> it it's is- kind of fucking cool. It's like a, a keeping it real in a way. It must have um, but, pained so many You out there They must have been like No Like fuck not know, again. Like, <laughs> like, like no. I'm gonna fucking lose it If they talk <laughs> yeah. about a goddamn weather balloon um, Yeah But you know Dude They're doing a lot of Like they're not pretending Like they know what it is When they don't know what it is They're not Lying and saying Hey it's just this Just go continue to watch TV And don't worry about it Right And they're not making up Some like outlandish Excuse band aid. They're being I think As real as they can With us at this point and I don't have to lie. it's like I I know.
0: yeah I I mostly I mostly agree with that. I mean it's yeah, I, I don't know how do you as the United States government how do you admit that there's something happening that you don't know what it is. That's pretty pretty wild sort of terrifying thing to have to admit, I guess. So this the last thing that I wanted or one of the last points that I want to bring up is Just this last week on the 12th, uh, two or three weeks after the report came out, another video was leaked. It seems like there's like one popping up every week at this point. This one was leaked, um, or published I should say, by this guy. He calls himself NYUAP Discussion. He's on Instagram. He's on YouTube. I think he's on Twitter. I follow him on Instagram. He's pretty active. He posts a lot. He says that this video came from a source that he has at the Department of Homeland Security and it's Again, it's like infrared imagery um, from like a, targetings wep- or a weapons targeting system. Uh, it's time-stamped April 14, 2021, so not that long ago. And it's this A-10 Warthog flying, and it seems to be sort of intercepted by a UFO that starts to follow it. And it, it definitely seems like whatever this thing is, is trying to keep pace and follow this jet, doesn't it?
1: It does, yeah. I mean, it it almost seems as if, like, the moment that it became interested, it was captured on film, or, like, shortly thereafter. Uh, And it is, like, very uh, tic-tac-y. It looks like the tic-tac thing that we saw earlier. So not, like, the acorn thing that was slow, but the tic-tac thing that is fast and kind of darts around and, again, seems to be kind of a drone thing that gets into, like checking things out uh i mean the video i i andrew and i clearly are both like camera people that's our profession and so i can't watch these videos without getting hung up on like the framing and stuff like that it's not the right way but uh i don't think that so the video starts and you see it's a nice you see the jet and you see the thing and that like contrast in the way that like a normal human flying vessel flies through the air. And then this other thing, seeing those two things kind of juxtapose against each other, it, that's like fucking brilliant. That is such a cool couple of seconds. But then they do the thing where they just focus on the quote unquote UFO and you just have no context. It's just a right. piece of blip that's floating in. Um, and that's not space. anybody's yeah. fault or anything, but that just like you know, uh, why can't we ever see stuff like this? Like we would film it so perfect. Like, tell me a story. You focus on the thing and you don't have the other subject. I don't know what, I don't understand what it's doing. And that's where kind of like you lose me. Um, especially when it's against the sky, at least the other Tic Tac video, it was, um, I mean, it was so much better, but it's against the ocean. So you see, it's just, uh, I, I don't want to say like one's better or one's worse because they're all like amazing and magical and fucking crazy. But this one, um, I think the only really interesting part of it is when you see both the UFO and the fighter jet in the same frame. As soon as you're just focused on the UFO, and then they invert the color, and then it's just like, well, what is that? Like, what do you doing? Not doing What's anything, the point yeah. of what are you trying to? Like, I see it. You're not helping me see it. Right.
0: Um, You know, you know what I just thought of, too, is this is um, this thing is significantly smaller. In that 60 Minutes interview, David Frabert says that the Tic Tac that he pursued was like nearly the size of his plane. And this is much, much, much smaller than that.
1: I mean, Uh, does it look uh, based on what you like. How close do you think it was to the Warthog? Is that the name of the plane? The Warthog? The Warthog. An A-10 Warthog. I
0: don't. I guess, I guess I, it's impossible to say, but it's it does look it looks quite small though when they when they pass by each other to me.
1: But it, I can't I can't get any depth. Uh, yeah, you're, and right, again, that's you're not, right. I'm not criticizing the. Of course, it's unbelievable that somebody fucking recorded that. So I'm not. I want to one hundred percent confirm that I'm not complaining about the quality of the video. It's just it's really hard to tell how far away those two things are from each other. Yeah, um, yeah, you're but right. But I think I think regardless of like what size it is or whatever, the way that it's moving it is the characteristics of what the other uh, people are calling like the tic tac thing. Yeah. So what do you what what do you think what do you think the tic tac thing is? I don't I don't I, know, man.
0: I, I think that you probably nailed it earlier. I think it's I think that these are likely um, not piloted in, in some more like a drone situation. Where they're coming from Who's controlling the drones I have no idea But I, I definitely don't think These are piloted craft And we'll get into this On future episodes But Ian already knows And, and listeners and readers Of the zine know That I tend to buy into um, ultra, u- Ultra-terrestrial And like interdimensional theories And I like that idea But I don't think that That's what this is either I, I think this is something different I, I, you know, if you're not into ultra terrestrial, you're probably into nuts and bolts. Uh, the idea of, of these crafts being hardware from somewhere else, interplanetary or whatever. And yeah, I guess that is probably what I think it is. I don't know. Maybe they could be interdimensional crafts as well. Maybe they could be both in, in nuts and bolts from another plane. I'm not really sure.
1: I think that just like my guy, I also, I also totally believe that. I think that there is, it, it is crazier to not believe that there are like other realities and other dimensions like stacked on top of ours. It's just the universe is so vast and dense and what we understand of like time and the fabric of reality, <laughs> like of course, there are other things happening right on top of us this doesn't seem like that type of thing this seems right. like something that is checking something out it looks like it's checking out some military gear. it is very specifically interested those two things are not like intersecting in this like beautiful coincidence that somebody happened to capture on film this is like holy shit! look at that thing it's like a bee buzzing around your head if you like have a soda or right. something that's what it that's how it seems to me it seems like yeah. that yeah, level that's of a interest. Great description. Of just like, well, hey, here's something. And then, like, it's kind of zipping around. Um, you know, I always feel kind of silly when we describe what's happening in these videos. When anybody who's listening is, I know that they're not going to listen to it or they're not going to watch it right when we're talking about it. But we're just describing exactly what happens. in <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we're not yes. even, like, g- giving it, like, no, an they... opinion. We're just really, really... Uh, it's like we're telling a blind person what it is, right uh which is you know if you're driving or you know i'm often on the train or riding my bicycle or doing something where i can't like look and that's when i'm listening to a podcast uh i hope you guys new and old listeners when andrew and i say like you got to see this i hope that you go and you look at what it is Uh, yes we do an amazing job of describing these things (laughs) but you can't like you really can't like see or feel what it is but that's that's how it seems to me. So that thing, it doesn't seem like it has a door. It doesn't seem like it has landing gear. It doesn't seem like it has an organic being inside of it. It seems like, uh, I, 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 you know, what we now understand is, like, drones. Yeah. I, it, not that, but, like, that that type of thing where you're sending something in and it's, you know, it's it's checking out what something is up to and, uh, surveying it. Yes, yes. So maybe not I, I drone, totally, drone is not the right word, but like a, a surveyor kind of... Like a scout
0: thing. sort of thing. Yeah, I think that yeah. uh, you're on the right track there. I, I don't know how... I don't know what else it would be. Um, and like you said, it, it's very... In these instances, it's very, very much 100% centered around the military. So I think that that, that makes the most sense.
1: And it's it's not dudes from Mars either. I'm not saying that doesn't exist. But that thing zipping around, it's not. Unfortunately, it's not no. something, it's not something it's with not. arms and legs and like a brain like ours. It's just it's not. not.
0: No, but it might be controlled by something like that. Who knows? It could be. It could be. It, it could be. Um, so the, the last point that I wanted to bring up before we st- sort of start to button this up or attempt to is um, just a couple of days ago. There's a there's a website called the Black Vault, and I don't know this guy's name, but he works really really hard. He digs through a lot of he digs through a lot of declassified unclassified stuff. He gets a lot of information through like the Freedom of Information Act, a lot of reports. He like this guy, he's all in like investigative ufologist, and he confirmed this week after about a, a, two weeks of speculation about the classified version of this report that was released so this you know the report that was unclassified was nine pages and there was a bunch a bunch of speculation about whether or not there was a classified version and how long that was and I saw some people say it might be up to 90 pages 100 pages 70 pages but this guy says he has it on good authority that the classified version of the UAP report is 17 pages long so it's eight additional pages then eight, eight more pages than what we got and at this point, I have no fucking idea what would be in those eight pages. It could be anything. I mean, it's, I definitely don't think it's, it's still not full disclosure. I don't think it's saying, Oh yeah. Hey, remember July, 1947, we did pull a craft out of the desert in Roswell. I don't think
1: it's that. Oh yeah. That would That would be amazing. Um, just omit those pages for the unclassified version. <laughs> right. I think it's, if you look at these nine pages, of the document that is unclassified and available for us to read. It is the same. I think I, again, I, I get lost. I can't remember if this is part of the conversation that we had before we started recording or if it's something that I said earlier in the episode, but it's the same three sentences over and over. You know what I mean? So I would have to assume that the other nine pages are that same type of like, uh, intensity in the language or lack of intensity in the language and just kind of very wordy ways of saying the same thing and I think that like to really technically cover your bases that's how you have to have that so I'm not saying they like it should have been one page but they made it nine pages I'm just saying that in nine pages you don't have nine pages worth of information you have three ideas four ideas that are just being hammered out in a way that cannot be argued against later So I think that if there is like a slightly larger version of this floating around somewhere, it's probably the same thing where it just discusses one or two more ideas and it's just fleshed out in that same way. And I would guess that it's probably given to people that are doing the training and it's just more instruction for how to like, Document and articulate and approach Reporting if you see Something like this there's no right. like, there's no, there, Like you said there's no like here's What happened in it's just like not That info and that Conversation is very different from This conversation this is just like Hey is this a threat how much Of a threat is it like what is It uh, And, yeah, that, that, and that, that's where that, it ends so I, I don't you agree That it's probably yes. just for like young Pilots yes I do I do
0: I, that makes me think of two points. One being that the overall tone of this report, and I can't remember the exact wording of it, and I'm not going to dig through it right at this moment. But the overall tone of this report did make it seem like they that this program that is studying the phenomenon of UFOs and UAPs does sort of want to destigmatize it within the military. It makes it that there's a specific line in there that sort of said that they want to make reporting easier and less uh they didn't use i mean they didn't use the word stigmatized but like it's insinuated that they sort of want people to be more comfortable reporting these to this task force
1: they want to make it less embarrassing and they want to make it like you know they want to normalize it and uh what was the the other pilot's last name alec uh, you know uh, i think it is yeah she, you know, she had said, and we discussed this earlier. She had said on the sixty minutes interview, she was like, "Had you not seen this, I don't know if I would be talking about it." And that's right. like fucking crazy because that's like could be the most important thing that a human has ever fucking seen. You know what right. I mean? Right. Like that could be so fucking huge. And if somebody's afraid they're going to get laughed at, or that their like superior is going to tell them they can't go fly a fucking jet anymore and that's like what you want to do with your life and you're like well i saw something weird i don't know i'm under a lot of pressure i don't think i'm supposed to talk about it i'm just not going to say anything like that's fucked that is so beyond fucked if that's the culture that like they're breeding that's anti-progress so if they're gonna if they're gonna like make it easier for people to talk about it it's like fucking yeah Duh! It's 100 like, percent of in the right direction. Yeah. <laughs> um, so so I'm super and I, down, and that's I, I, yeah. I, that's that's what the one of the things that makes me really appreciate this document. It doesn't like tell us anything. Of course, they're like withholding information, but at least they're like normalizing talking about.
0: There's it. no belittlement, or, or is that a word? They're not belittling anything. They're not. There's no like coddling. It's sort of like yeah, this is this is something that's happening that the best of our best, you know, are are witnessing and like. They, we, we don't know what it is, and we're, that doesn't mean we don't take it serious, ser- seriously, I guess. One, my last question about the report is, in the 17-page version, do you think there's any chance that says, hey, actually, so 144 cases we looked at, one was explainable. In the classified version, do you think that they there's maybe a chance that they say, hey, actually 10 more of them are explainable by like covert ops technologies that we were testing or do you think that they would just come out right say uh, that?
1: yeah dude that's a good point I think that if that version of it is intended for uh, obviously not rookie pilots but people that are obviously like hey you're going to see this so we have to have some way to talk to you about it 100% they could add some more stuff of like, oh, this is program XYZ, blah, 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 this. So then, right. you know... Because, um, like, would yeah, they... Yeah, you yeah. Know, I, yes, I think, it yes. Doesn't make it, I, it doesn't, they obviously wouldn't
0: this. tell us what those programs are, but would they even tell us that they exist? I guess is the question. And I think, actually, no, I'll to my about, own question. They wouldn't tell us because they didn't tell us about this program that released the report until they were doxed by the yeah, New York Times.
1: So Exactly, the New York Times. <laughs> yeah. You can't fucking cloak your shit uh yeah i think it, it, if it came down to who would that longer version be for it's for people that already know like kind of what's a, a little bit more one tier higher than us sure. as basic ass civilians sure um i mean it's only a matter of time it's like that's, that's and I it, what do you think in the next couple of years? Oh, somebody people, that's somehow there gonna people get leaked. working so hard, dude. There these I mean
0: this there are has, people in the
1: Pentagon leaking shit. Like it's yeah, gonna it's yes.
0: going to happen. It's it will happen for sure. Yeah. So it'll be we will we'll certainly discuss that when we get to it. But yeah, that's that's sort of so that's the that's kind of where we are with the timeline and it, it's so it's so goddamn funny to me how much of the same language and the same excuses and the same like uh, outlines and like cookie cutter plans have remained the same from the current program that investigates UFOs all the way back to Roswell and then and the 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 programs that came out of that event like they're still saying the same thing they're still saying maybe it's a foreign adversary maybe it's a natural atmospheric phenomenon or phenomenon. Maybe it's a weather balloon. Oh, we did. It was a weather balloon. Roswell. It was. Oh, this one was like. It's still the same. Like, oh, there's nothing to see here. It. It's like, not. It, it, it can't really, change a leopard's spots. It's just you can't. But you gotta. I was gonna say you have to adapt. But you know what? Them releasing this report, I think, is them adapting. Honestly.
1: It's huge, man, and it's like they're they're not treating us like children. They're right. treating us like idiots, but at least they're treating us like adult idiots instead of literally treating us like children. Um, yeah,
0: they're they're treating us like adult idiots who live in the world where videos are getting leaked from fighter pilots. Yeah, so yeah. they had they kind of had to do something,
1: but um, yeah, it's I mean it it's same as it was. It's a step in the right direction, and like I knew that this wasn't going to be like oh disclosure all this, but like man, it's getting the fucking ball rolling. It's getting like it's it's making other people that maybe would never think about this stuff not scared of it it's showing them like the the verbiage and kind of like the you know the form and the shape of what this might be or what the options are and like i mean you're talking like 80 percent of people are like are aliens like the same as ghosts is it like is it like you know is it demons like yeah So you got to, like, man, really, like, we're in it, and we could be a little bit disappointed at what this is. But in, like, the grand scheme of totality, like, they are giving all those people this info. So if they can all get on the same page as... it's, I think it's cool, and I think it's a really fucking positive thing, and they're not bullshitting us in a to-our-face-insulting way, and they're not trying to front as if they know right you know, what's that i think it's um i think that in and of
0: itself is a huge thing that the most powerful most expensive military in the world is admitting that they encounter on a possibly on a daily basis something that they can't explain
1: that feels exactly and they literally say i love one of the heaviest couple of words in that whole report is when they say like it may be deployed by russia china blah blah or a non-governmental entity it's like right yes you you are telling us that like there's shit that we don't fucking know about and that's dude for right now that's good enough for me all right yeah that that is something
0: yeah it's this it's it's more progress than like them telling people who witnessed something in roswell like you didn't see what you think you saw, or like swamp gas. It's not fucking swamp gas, in, at the very least. So
1: yeah, they're it's, treating us all like, uh, you know, we're all kind of like junior scientists. This. Right. <laughs> like nobody right. fucking knows what it is, but it's like, well, here's the little system that we're gonna have. This is how we're gonna talk to you about it, and this is like, I don't know. So uh, I think I'll it's take cool. It, man. I think it's yeah, cool it's, too. And I know something.
0: Hopefully, listeners aren't completely burnt out on this subject Um, I know that there there's a a literal endless uh, uh, echo chamber happening like if you're into this thing everybody's talking about it on podcasts I mean on the news on blogs on Instagram Twitter whatever but I hope that maybe you learned something here today you know something that I feel like is, is overwhelming with this whole conversation is just the timeline of the events from 2017 leading up till now so hope maybe this clarified some things again we're not experts this is our part-time uh our our part-time thing so if you if we mess something up and you you took offense to that our sincerest apologies we're just trying to keep up as a couple of dudes who are reading along with everybody
1: else um and also if if you have that opinion please like talk to us us and join us like let's talk like we want to have we want to have this conversation with other absolutely other people you know it's like we we're like we're down to talk we want to learn you know Find that's us,
0: what we're uh email us at strange days zine at gmail.com or on instagram strange days zine and, and let's talk about it like if we if, if we miss something here or we botch something we are we are happy to be to be uh, pointed in in the more accurate direction um one thing before we wrap it up i wanted to point out Today we're recording this on July eighteenth. Does that mean anything to you? Do you know about this July eighteenth thing? Have you heard about this in this oh, in this vein God. of, of UFO? No. So, this it's, isn't going to scare me or anything. No, is no, no, it? no, no, <laughs> no, not not. It won't scare you. Uh, there's this there's this infamous Reddit post that is seven years old. It was posted sometime in, in 2014. It was written by a man who claimed that he had been abducted like three or four times throughout his entire life. And at that time in 2014, during his most recent abduction, whatever entities had abducted him had made it clear to him in one way or another that they were going to reveal themselves on July 18th, 2021. And this post is timestamped. It's seven years old. I'll link you to it right now. I'll link you to it as soon as we get off this and so all of these nerds on reddit have been counting down this fucking day of july eighteenth, twenty 2021 and it's here and so far (laughs) nothing has happened and i was following last night before i was going to sleep i was looking at uh reddit and on like the subreddit ufo there was like a big mega thread that was like it's here it's tomorrow it's finally tomorrow like what do we think is gonna happen and some dude was like Yo, tomorrow was already today in Australia where I live, and not a goddamn thing has happened, and it was so good. <laughs> and then someone was like, Don't you know that everything all important events only matter like an Eastern standard timeline? Like they don't matter. It's only United States that we care about. But oh, it's eight thirty uh, so PM here on July eighteenth, and so far nothing has happened. So I mean maybe, maybe I this know. is it. Maybe this is maybe we just maybe, did it and we don't even maybe, know. We're just maybe this is it. Oh, you Oh, unwilling know mouse pieces. Uh, actually i was going to get on to another tangent, but i'm gonna save it for another time actually we'll save it for another time
1: but yeah okay you save, save uh, it for another time before we wrap up i just want to ask you we're talking all this we're going through all these combing through all these notes we're talking about all this stuff and like you and i have clearly been thinking about this our entire lives we have all this new information in front of us that is really like showing us what it could be and you're thinking like maybe a couple different things just what what do you want it to be what would be the best case scenario what do you want it to be Well
0: that's that's a diff that's I know the answer to that, but it feels like a difficult question because I need a little bit more clarification. What do I want the tic tac in these videos to be, or what do I want the overall general UFO phenomenon to be?
1: The general overall UFO phenomenon. I want to Because this is connected to to it. This is just a little piece of it, but like what like what do you want want it to to be? be? I want it to
0: be interdimensional, ultra-terrestrials who took note of our species once we started testing nuclear bombs and have been keeping tabs on us ever since in the hopes that they can somehow stop us from destroying ourselves and the Earth. That's my
1: favorite answer, I think. What about you? I want it to be other people. man. <laughs> I just want it to be other humans that are, like, uh from somewhere, like, better than here and a place where, like, people are better. And I just want it to be straight up, like, fucking humans that are just like us. And now that I see these things and these videos, it's, it's, I'm getting so far away from that. Because it's what? some, it's starting to be something that's not even no, alive, no. let alone I mean... close to being human. And, like, my whole life, I've just wanted it to be like, like there's got to be some better fucking people out there in the universe somewhere. But maybe, no, like, maybe, maybe, like, maybe, you know,
0: maybe you're not. Maybe you're on something though. I don't think that, like, the Tic Tac doesn't mean it's not that definitively to me. It means that, like, oh, these are better humans that have better drones and better technologies than us, and they're they're zipping them around. I don't know. I I, I don't think. Uh, it's uh, that is out of the realm of possibility. You know, some people talk about how they think um, that this whole the whole UFO phenomenon could be time travelers. Like, fr- like uh, uh, there's a whole theory about how Roswell could be time travelers who like were coming back because they were testing nuclear weapons not far from there in New Mexico around that time, and like how it, maybe they were time travelers trying to come back and being like, "Yo, maybe don't go there." <laughs> Like, maybe you don't have to do that,
1: but... Um, well, that's really fucked up, because that means that, like, in the future, humans look, like, really weird and small. Instead <laughs> of being, like, really fucking awesome and strong and bigger.
0: Well, no, or or those, or what we think of as gray aliens are in and of themselves, like, uh, biotechnology drones that we send Ooh. on these missions.
1: Yeah, uh, that's... <laughs> we can't even start talking about that we right now. We Man, we've been going we're going over gonna, almost gonna, three hours. Gotta, if I get started on that, like I, we uh,
0: we got to wrap it up. But this was a lot of fun. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for listening to this. Um, again, we know this is this is uh, you know well-tread territory, but we enjoy the conversation. We wanted to jump in, and also thought it would be like a good jumping-off point for our first um, episode of the Strange Dispatch that's not exclusive to Patreon. So. Thanks a lot for listening. Um, if you are interested in more of what we do, the zine that we put out is called Strange Days. You can find us on Instagram, Strange Days Zine, or Twitter at Strange Days Zine. You can email us at strange days zine at gmail.com. Uh, we, there's an Etsy shop. We have six volumes of Strange Days out. The seven volume is very close to being uh, put out. It'll be put out uh, the end of July, early August. And it's, a, like I said earlier, it's a, it's a zine that, I publish and edit and and do some writing for and Ian writes for a lot and we have other people who contribute uh, essays, photos, illustrations about experiences and stories and folklore and legends and mythology. It's really, it's a really, really fun thing. It's a really, really light read. Um, I highly recommend it uh, as, as, uh, you know, I just think it's fun and I think it's, it's a cool way to to, to interact with this sort of thing in a world where everything else is, you know, you mostly get hear about these stories on the internet. And I think it, we do a, a good job of putting it out there in a physical form. So if you're interested, please check it out and um, check out our back catalog of the strange dispatch on our Patreon and look for more episodes. You know, this is um, we do a lot, we have, and we'll continue to do a lot of interesting topics outside of the realm of just like, you know, ufos in the military uh some of our our some of the stuff we've talked about before is like the chicago mothman flap we did a thing on bog bodies based on an article that ian wrote for the zine that was really great um we've talked about uh men in black we've talked about telekinetic
1: sasquatch
0: uh yeah i mean so (laughs) keep your eyes peeled for more episodes in that vein and check out our back catalog if you feel so inclined and uh yeah thanks a lot for listening and we can't wait to talk to you all again soon this will probably for the time being be a uh i would say a monthly podcast is what we'll aim for at the moment so keep your eyes peeled for that and thanks so much for listening anything you want to add dude uh i think you have said it all all right cool thanks a lot everybody stay safe stay strange